Ready? This <laughs> volume. Wow. Oh, I can't do it. Really Door right. shut, This is a gorilla podcast. A collection of interviews, conversations, and hangouts with some of our favorite humans. It's an opportunity for us to pull back the curtain and talk about how we all got here or are getting here. I guess you could say. No edits. That's not Just true. Just uncut conversations about things we've learned, mistakes we've made, and all the stuff that keeps us going. It's another way, we hope, to be a little more human. A little more human. To be more human. (laughs) (laughs) There's something in there. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 12 a little more hum- of A Little More Human. Episode Today 12. on the episode, we a have the infamous a little more Tyler Holman. I wish I had like one of those infamous. horns that you can go like... Wah, 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 wah. I do not wish you had that. <laughs> it would go off Dingo all in the baby. <laughs> I would, I would in do, the morning. I would definitely <laughs> hit it too much. That's a family guy. Oh, so just yep. like they, they start a radio show and everything's just like... Wah, 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 dingo in the baby. <laughs> I didn't know that reference. Oh. So, oh, when so are we going to have nicknames? Nicknames oh, me for, and us? You. for I don't know. I think so. <laughs> Can we get some nicknames over oh, the here? The soundboard in the middle, and you guys are just fighting yes. over sound bits. <laughs> that would be kind of fun, actually. So, Anyways, uh, Tyler Holman, you are a first AC. I am a first AC. You uh, Can you explain to the general audience what the hell that means, real quick? Um, a first AC technically means a first assistant camera. Um, uh huh. Camera assistant is what most people call it. It's what okay. I call it. Um, there's a lot of things that come into that. I'm the assistant to the cinematographer. So okay. cinematographer, pretty big role. Mm-hmm. I kind of fill in all those gaps where they're off talking to the director or clients or anything. I'm mm-hmm. that person to kind of pick up the pieces and make sure that camera department stays moving so that he can just kind of walk up, grab the camera and go. Yeah, see, if I, I say tried first because yeah. he's the coolest one. And then uh, there's like the other ones yeah. that are also there and they're yeah. cool too, they're but cool like too, they're but not but first, they're second. <laughs> Numero uno. Yeah. <laughs> You're the head dog on the camera. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, ca- I'm head of camera department. Cool. Yeah. So it's your job, it, would you say is more technical? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So you you know that you know the camera intimately. Yeah. It, <laughs> you could say, well, uh, been around the block. Well, yeah. Exactly. You cameras. You, camera. you know cameras really oh, yeah. well. We were on set on Friday for a thing that we're doing with Mosaic, this community organization. And Tyler, he's this incredible teacher. So he's always teaching kids. And I look over and the dude brought like, 10 effing monitors. Like, I just like, I think his bedroom, if you went in his bedroom in his house, it would just be monitors everywhere. It was why, un- why are they in his bedroom? I want to know that too. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He's no, got a I, very close relationship with I them. I do. I love being able to see things. It's crazy. <laughs> um, monitors have, all over the set. It was yeah, great though. It was perfect for students. In my living room, and this is just my personal living room, I have Two TVs. Um, my desk has three monitors. I have a TV. <laughs> I have a TV in my bedroom. Uh, What's your uh, bathroom situation with the TVs? <laughs> we're working on it. <laughs> one in the shower, one above the toilet, everything. I would not put it past you to have oh. a waterproof monitor in your shower. <laughs> you know, I really just got to keep up with what's going on. Yeah, here. really. <laughs> okay, so uh, today I want to I want to ask you about your role as a first AC, but I also yeah. want to ask you how you fell into this role uh, okay. on some level just because I really don't know because I, I, we've worked together a, at this point. It was a long time ago. For over five years and I'd mm-hmm. say I've worked with you pretty much in almost every production that I've had. You yeah. pretty much been involved yeah. on some level. Yeah, seriously. Whether it's a passion project, whether it's a commercial project, you've been, I mean, you've 
worked really closely with Gorilla for a lot of years at this yeah. point. So I'm really curious how you fell into this role or how you decided on this role and not like, hey, I want to be a DP or hey, I want to I want to be on the creative side. I mean, it is still yeah. creative, but like. Well, that's actually what I thought um, starting out. You don't really know the intricacies of every role. Mm-hmm. So you kind of step in and most people say before you know too much about filmmaking. I want to be a filmmaker, so I want to be a director. Right. Or, <laughs> I want everyone's to, yeah, a director. Everyone's a director. Oh yeah. And so the other side of that, the camera side, uh-huh. would be I want to be a DP. Uh-huh. They work very closely together. You think it's it's that's one a or cinematographer. The other. That's the yeah. that's the uh, yeah lead. cinematographer. Yeah, the lead person that yes. makes things look pretty yes. is the DP. Poor choice of abbreviation. It's all good. Yeah. No, we do it all the time. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just resetting for new audiences. Yeah. <laughs> so Sorry, keep going. Cinematographers are, you know, they're that cool job. Everyone wants to do it. Everyone thinks that's the only way you'll touch a camera. Mm-hmm. So when I was going through school, that's what I thought I was going to do. And, you know, you kind of have to have this air about you that I know my vision. I have this idea. Right. No one really has a vision at that age. You, you're trying to <laughs> you're trying to replicate at best. I think fifty percent of all student short films involve suicide in a bathtub. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. And then the really close up eyeball shot. And I mean, everything. I saw this in Rec Room for a Dream <laughs> yeah. once. Oh yeah. Oh, so uh, gotta it, start somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so once you kind of get through that, the kind of fantastical. This is gonna be, you know, mm-hmm. on the next whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you start to actually figure out what you're going to do with all right. the time. Right. And I think a lot of people, yeah, they're like, I'm going to make a movie. People are going to love it. I'm going to go make another movie and people are going to love it. And I'm just meant to do this. And that's not really the case. Right. You have to find. Not to be discouraging. <laughs> but you don't matter. Let's get real. <laughs> I like, um, well, I really like this. So I, the reason why I asked, part of the reason why I asked this question is because I actually went, did a, like the creepy, went back in your Instagram yeah, feed yeah. to like the way back when. Way back. And you, I feel like you've kind of always been in this role of very practical, like I am skilled in this arena very and I know so. that I can operate a camera, but I also yeah. know like can take care of this and then nothing else is going to yeah, stop me really. There's, like th- you, you could handle this and it's not going to hinder what you want to do with your life. Yeah. I took, I think I took the parts of being, working in camera. Um, cause I do consider a cinematographer very much a part ahead of Mm-hmm. camera department, but mm-hmm. it's in that world. So I thought about what was in camera department and what I naturally liked out of it. Okay. And so we just made the joke about it. I'm like a tech fiend. I love every aspect of it. Uh-huh. So I could sit here and look at, you know, a job where I'm just thinking or a job where I'm doing, obviously while thinking, but I'm able to do what is very natural to me mm-hmm. where I didn't feel very natural trying to build an image or collaborate with somebody to make their image come to life. I'm a little bit more of a catalyst in that way of what do you need? Here, let me just give you what you need, whether it be hardware or time or anything, Mm -hmm. and I can sort of help you do what you need to do without doing it for you. And I Mm -hmm. think that's what a cinematographer always kind of felt like to me was, okay, here's this guy's vision, make it happen. And I think that's a little daunting for me. And so when I started out, I really gravitated toward the technological side of things because it was what I was comfortable with. It was what Mm -hmm. I was good at. I mean, Mm -hmm. I was good at it in a personal sense. As far as work-wise goes, I was pretty trash, which is totally (laughs) fine to say. We all started somewhere. Everyone starts somewhere. Um, I was not even close to being good. Like, And that's fine because I needed that to understand that 
there's so much more room to grow. Uh-huh. And if you come in thinking you know everything or thinking that somebody, you had the perfect lucky thing that I met somebody early on and they're like, yep, they taught me everything I needed to know and uh, now I'm perfect yeah. and I'm set for success. Like that will never happen. Uh-huh. You can get really lucky and you can dodge a lot of bullets along the way, but no matter what, you'll hit one eventually. Right, yeah. right. And so yeah. I hit a lot. <laughs> I got shot a lot. I got he shot was like the inverse <laughs> of Neo in the yeah. Matrix. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every one of those slow motion bullets was just bullets. ripping through his yeah. flesh. <laughs> into the bullets, yeah. So, but again, that's fine because I was around people that weren't looking to just toss you aside when that stuff happened. Right. And so right. I, was in a, I was in a position where I, I had the ability to learn and I didn't, have people around me saying, well, you failed while you were learning. So like, that's it. Get out of here. Yeah. I mean, failure is yeah. a very intimate part of the growth, cre- you know, growth and success. Everything. And yeah. Everyone here has failed. And I think it's how you handle that failure. Oh, yeah. So, but you have to be in a community where people don't see that as a, you know, one and done sort of a exactly. thing, right? There's no three strikes rules. Yeah. But it is a trust-based industry. And well, when you stumble along the way, there's a lot of falling down and then building back up trust Absolutely. on your part as well. It's not easy. No, not at all. And it, again, that's where I say, I think it's about how you handle this failure because it's not a three strikes, you're out sort of rule, but depending on how you handle that third strike, it could mean you're out yeah. because that that's could good. be a breaking point where you either take a deep breath and understand where you either may have went wrong or maybe somebody else went wrong and you have to understand why we're talking about it in this way. Yeah. Um, if you can't move past that, you're not going to make it in this industry because you, you start up a job fresh. If you're a contractor, you may hop onto a job for a week not knowing a soul and you have to work perfectly with all of these people to then hopefully at the end, they're going to call you back and yeah. you're going to want to work together again because it's all about these relationships and the connections. And so right. if you fail along the way and you crumble under that failure, it's not really yeah, high no hopes. Back. Yeah, yeah, it's no. not high hopes that you're going to be doing great the next time. So it's kind of just like, yeah, good luck, but you're out on your own. And so if you can kind of find a, a group of people or just an idea that everyone in that group sort of embodies and sort of try and live through that and really be selfless and try and be understanding. And Mm -hmm. when somebody's reacting a certain way, there's a reason, even if it is that reason is somebody just wants to make you feel bad. Why do they want to make you feel bad? Why are they trying to make you, you know, learn in this situation? Mm -hmm. Maybe I did do something wrong, but when you can work through those things and yeah, kind of power through it. So the, the, we're situation. talking about the idea of it. Do you have, can you, are you willing to give me an example of one of I these? I was mo- actually like- going to ask, cause I feel like you and I way back in the day probably had some of these, oh, but yeah. I don't like, Oh yeah. I don't, you don't remember them remember specifically? Them. No. Cause that's the, the point he's making is like you grow together. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So like I have sort of vague memories of like a couple projects where you and I like had this conversation when you yeah. were really young in your career. Absolutely. But they are like, they're so foggy to me. I can't, maybe you can remember them. I can't. Oh, I can remember them. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah well, that's yeah. probably best case scenario. <laughs> I don't remember. You do. That's yes, good. it is. Uh, yeah, definitely. Would you, are you willing to share one of those examples? Yeah, I mean, let's, like let's go time. way it's back in the, the archives. It's sort of the point, right? right? Like, I trust Tyler so much. And we'll get into, like, Delta Project and some of the stuff that we do. Like, I just trust him so much. I can't, I'm not hanging on to this stuff, but they... Maybe that could have been where the paths diverged at that point, yeah. depending on how you handled well, it. Well, yeah, seriously, I was, I felt like I was at a point where I was telling myself that I had made it and I'm telling myself I'm supposed to be here. 
while feeling like I shouldn't be here, like feeling like I was faking it till I made it. Mm-hmm. But I kept saying that I made it. And this was very early on. How many years ago at this point? You think? I would say this is, it's, it would almost be easier to count how long I'd been in rather than how okay. long mm-hmm. from now. I would say this maybe was 2012, okay. 2013 cool. maybe. Cool, cool, cool. So, um, it's a while ago. Yeah. Um, I hadn't really, and this wasn't directly, this was sort of a part of a more of like the older team in Gorilla mm-hmm. that kind of was setting stuff up for like flow and stuff like mm-hmm. that. For the life of the world. For yep, those, of, if, you for those right. of you who don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of on my first job pulling focus, which is a part of a first AC. We pull focus. We keep the image in focus. Um, try to. And uh, this was my first time pulling wirelessly on a Steadicam. So I okay. never shot on Steadicam before. It's a really difficult process when somebody's not there kind of, you know, making sure everything's perfect. And the idea with a Steadicam, just to add some context to this, yeah. is like the camera is moving freely. Freely, yeah. So, you know, there's like a couple different ways you can look at this. Camera's set up on a tripod. It's yeah. not moving anywhere, but the actors are moving. So you still need to pull focus because they're going one you know, exactly. focal plane to another. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm cameras on a dolly, now it's sort of like a dance. Everybody's choreographed and people are hitting different spots at different times. It's still sort of like strategic math Absolutely. because when you're pulling focus, you jump from one to another. But a steady cam is just like, it's jazz. You're moving. Like yeah, everyone's absolutely. just going. Absolutely. <laughs> about yeah. Boop, yeah. Boop. It's <laughs> not yeah. always, but I mean no, like it, in the way we were doing it, it right? It was very, very free It was very organic. Yeah. There was no planning, no structure. It was let's go and grab a shot. Right. So a lot of it is, yeah, very on the fly and it's it kind of tricky. Yeah. And it it draws all your attention. So my job is obviously so much more than just pulling focus. But in that moment, with it being the first time I had done it, it was all I was thinking about. Right. It's make sure this is sharp and Definitely don't have the luxuries that I have today. Multiple wireless monitors, the ability to see the Did frame. Did we touch on that? He does have <laughs> yeah. multiple monitors. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. A few. So not being able to see the frame, you're really trying your best to, mm-hmm. you know, just keep the image sharp, mm-hmm. but you're looking over someone's shoulder. Just everything is kind of working against you. So I was in this situation and there were a lot of moving parts. There were kind of two different jobs in one day and I was basing my, all of my planning was from the first part of the day where mm-hmm. things were working completely different. This is the second part of the day, second production, like two separate productions is the way we're handling this. And things just weren't working the same way. So I was sort of kind of on autopilot in some ways as far as like the upkeep of camera while I was just pulling focus out in the field, just moving. Mm-hmm. So when I thought things were being taken care of, they weren't. So uh, when I get back to base camp, I sort of have this expectation that, cool, well, like, the people that are here kind of picking up the slack, you know, like, offloading cards and doing these things that should happen to kind of help production move. But I didn't communicate that, I assumed. And we all know where that gets us. So we move through the day, we go for another card, and it's not there because... No cards have been offloaded. No cards have been offloaded. So we are working through trying to continue our day where we don't have any available media. Oh, man. It's amazing how one thing, and it's not just in camera, how one thing can grind an entire set to a halt. You've got 40 people working on something and a tiny Tiny piece of technology. It's like, everyone stop. Now we're just going to wait for this thing to download. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Literally watch a bar climb. Oh, my God. Talk about anxiety-inducing. Yeah, and so... (laughs) 
here's where it starts to get a little hairy because I was, as I said, a little arrogant at that time thinking, yeah, I should be here. Yeah, I should be doing this. Like, why am I in this situation? And the person that I was under the impression of helping me happened to be the boss, happened to be the producer. And it was a very, like you said, we're all friends. It's, a, it's an organic sort of right, set. Right. But in the end of the day, hierarchy trumps all. He's the boss. I can't tell the boss to do anything. Doesn't Wait, matter. was this me? No. Oh, okay. I'm no. like, I don't. I feel like. <laughs> no, it Why did I tell you to tell this story? Uh, <laughs> no, this was not you. And okay. so um, it was just a moment of me feeling like I was kind of being screwed over for no reason, where in the end of the day, I could have calmly addressed the situation and fixed it, no problem. Right. But I felt a fire in me that uh -huh. I had to let uh -huh. out because uh -huh. why is this happening? Well, when you're working, that's not what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Ed, you're just not supposed to do it, you know? <laughs> Try and push that down and figure it out. <laughs> that's a hard thing. That's a hard thing to learn. It I is. still struggle with it. Yeah. Well, it's not that you can't vocalize. It's not about not vocalizing something, right? People oftentimes, I think, confuse what he's describing is like sort of the appropriateness of something, right? Discernment with repression, yes. right? Don't just push it down and never deal with it. Put it somewhere, yes. retain it, and yep. then address it at the yeah. appropriate time. Right, you time can definitely still say like, hey, I was expecting you to yeah. do this. Set a, set a meeting to address that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put it on your Google calendar. Yeah. We'll get back to that we'll later. We'll have coffee if you, over yes. that. beers yeah. involved, it yeah. always goes better. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> if we talked about it over beers, I think it would have went better. Seriously. <laughs> so anyway, we're in, in this situation where the I was, the moment. yeah, and I wasn't handling it properly and I really wasn't. And it, it showed my age, it showed my experience, but it put me in a position where I threw myself a curveball and I wasn't able to hit it. So now I had to deal with the repercussions of that. And I'm, like I said, talking to the boss of the project right? and right. this was a breakout. So this was before principal filming. And so there wasn't anything set in stone, but this was definitely a tryout. Got like, it. We so had a there first was more AC. riding on it for you Very than you're like, hey, so. I could level up here. This was in a, this, yeah, exactly. Yeah. This was in a really weird time of my career where I felt like a very capable second AC, which is the person who slates and manages batteries and cameras. They're my assistant. So right. it, with your slate, like would yours have a bottom on it? <laughs> yeah, most or, times, yeah. Okay. <laughs> he answers over there. He just has the top it was a little part. sticks. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you know. Maybe that's third AC. Maybe the third that, AC. I think, yeah. Third AC is just, just the top, top part. Yeah, okay, it's the cool. quick ones. Yeah, <laughs> just the sticks. So anyway, I was a second at the time, but the first for the project kind of had to step away and was called on to something else. And he was from out of state, so it makes sense. Right. Um, so we were kind of in this limbo period of knowing who was going to be the first. I was working really closely with the cinematographer. We were really good friends. He's actually who got me into the industry. Cool. And uh, he kind of told me, no, you could do this. Like, if you want to be the first, you can be the first. Just, just do it. So I accepted one day of work as the first AC, pulling focus on a steady cam as uh, a tryout. So it was like you were, you were... You had more eyes on you than you realized. Very much so. Yeah. yeah, this was a tryout, and I knew it was a tryout, but I felt like I was a shoe-in. Who else are they going to pick? You know, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm good. Oh, and again, man. the arrogance. <laughs> the arrogance. Dude, ego. Ego is such a tricky little I beast. <laughs> so I'm in this position, and uh, I start trying to kind of, right. you know, really work it. Really, I'm meant to do this. I'm meant to be here. And doing this day and, oh, you know, all this stuff, I just don't know how I'm supposed to handle everything, how I'm supposed to actually calmly 
make everything work. And so once we get to the end of the day and I start kind of talking to the producer about why all of this stuff happened, I'm getting pretty upset because I feel like somebody was knowingly throwing me under the bus when in the end of the day, I could have done something to address this. I could have even calmly Mm -hmm. said, okay, well, we need 20 minutes because we had a little miscommunication and we need to move forward rather than, you know, grind it to a halt and start pointing fingers. It could have been something where... I would say in the end of the day, I almost always point the finger at myself now because it's much easier to take your own blame than it is to ever pass it along to somebody else and for them to handle it. If I know I can handle this blame, I'll take it. So so what was the result of this situation? In the end, after talking to this producer um, in a little heated manner, um, <laughs> I walked away. I found a solution to it pretty quickly. We were trying to be efficient with the cards, so one of them actually had quite a bit of room on it still. And so we were trying to offload it like 20% just to keep mm-hmm. down offload times. So I knew I had the media. Everything was fine. We keep shooting the day. And then at the end, I walk up to the producer and I'm pretty distraught. I'm, I'm young. I'm maybe 19, 20 at this time. And uh, I'm like in tears. And I'm like, I'm really sorry that I, I responded the way that I did. Um, and I kind of said it. I was like, pardon my French, but I was like, I was being a real asshole and I know that. And I, I wish- We're going to definitely need to believe that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, I don't, you know, I, I don't know any other way to say it, right. but I, I know that I was wrong and I'm sorry. And he said, I really appreciate that. And I'm glad that you could understand that why you were wrong in this situation. But I think from here on out, we will be trying somebody else out at this role. And- so the job decision was already made. Yeah. yeah. At, at that moment it was, well, it was planning for a month's worth of production. Right. Am I, are yeah. you going to handle a month's worth of my attitude? Not right. a chance, not a chance. I wouldn't have done right. that. Right, right, right. And so I was in a position where I had booked another breakout day for this project with another producer. Everything was kind of going through different people for these breakout days. And so I was hired by a friend who was producing another project for the same one. And uh, he told me in that moment, well, I know you were booked on on Monday to do this job. This was on a Friday. Um, We're going to go with this other person for that job to try them out for the project. So you're not working on Monday now either. And it was like a, oh, yeah. Yeah, Were you you mad at that point or were you more, were you mad at the producer? I don't even know which producer you're talking about. I could take guesses. You could take a guess. Um, (laughs) Were you mad at them or were you mad at yourself? Um, It was a little bit of both. At the end of the day, I was very mad at myself. Mm. Um, even to this day, yes, he, he, he could have th- thrown me a bone mm-hmm. all day. But uh, a little bit like, a, like the Kobayashi Maru, um, I was dealt a, a test to see how I would handle under pressure. I don't how, know what that is. Uh, I'm just, sometimes I just like pretending that I know what it's on. <laughs> but it's a t- especially when it's on the record, because yeah. we're on a podcast, but I feel like I should know what this is. <laughs> That's and fine. maybe it's, somebody it's, out there also doesn't know what this is, so oh, I'm just going to say it. What is that? All right. Kobayashi Maru. So let's get a little French. nerd just logic kidding. in no, there. So uh, the Kobayashi sounds, Maru sounds is, a, is a, a no-win test in the world of Star Trek. So <laughs> Not Japanese or French. Now I feel vindicated. Oh, I didn't know a Star Trek. It's very nerd. Fine. Very nerd. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, basically it's this idea of a test of a no-win situation. Yep. If yep. you've dealt with, say, you have a crew full of people, you either have 
uh, situation where everyone's going to die or one key person's going to die. No matter what, you're not going to win. You self-sacrifice. That's generally what happens. How are you going to handle this situation? You're you're the first one to die. What is going to happen to your psyche in a no-win situation? I have to take the you know the lesser of two evils. What what am I going to pick? And so in this situation, I could go with you know taking the calmer route and saying, you know what, I, I should have planned for this. You're right. I shouldn't have assumed. And I didn't. I, I went, mm. for the, uh, I had a fire in me. You're I, like, how dare you? Yeah, ah, I feel why, like you're setting me up for failure. Yeah, yeah. Why would you knowingly do this? And I, it was a fun day on set. So there was a lot of relaxation when people had downtime. And so I was looking at somebody in my eyes, relaxing while I was stressing mm. all day. Right. Why could you not pick up some of the slack? Well, in the end of the day, it wasn't his job. It's not his job to do that, so I should not have assumed uh, for him to do that. Right, right. I mm. could have talked to him ahead of time. Hey, would you mind doing and this? And he probably would have. He but probably would have. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I assumed because one, I yeah. was, I was arrogant. Mm-hmm. I was young. Mm-hmm. I thought I had things figured out, or I thought things were going the way that they should, and they just they would work out that way. But there's a reason things go well, and it's because somebody puts the time ahead of time to make sure that it does. Right. Pre-pro is so crucial oh gosh yes. to the actual production i you, you cannot you stress it yes. enough you cannot stress it enough it's so true everything i we just presented a sort of giant deck to a potential new client and mm-hmm. they're trying to do something that they haven't done before and half of the conversation was just about the importance of pre-production and the toll that it takes on production. It's, it's it's the difference between production being so fun or put a bullet in your head yeah, because you are absolutely so miserable absolutely. and anxious. Yes. Well, because like at any moment, yes. one thing could yeah. grind, you know you everything, could grind to everything to a halt. You know what you could compare it to that like most people have felt? The Kobayashi like, Maru? No, yeah, the Kobayashi <laughs> Maru. No, it's like no one likes to sit around at the airport waiting for their flight. But you know what they don't like more? Knowing the plane's leaving <laughs> yes. and standing in that line because you didn't prepare to get yes. there early. Yes. It's that feeling yes. every day. Yep. You're in the TSA line with no power yep. and that clock is just ticking. ticking. Yep, it's terrible. <laughs> yep. It's very true. Okay, so I really appreciate you sharing this story because like, I think it just gives context to like where you're at now because we... I, I, from my perspective, we have absolute trust in you in all in all forms when it comes to first AC I stuff. Because at, at one point, it's like you've you've totally flipped that script. Yeah, and I, you don't. Need, I don't want you to necessarily go on that journey of how you did it, but like I do want you to talk about the roles that we kind of trust you with now, because there's a lot of passion projects that I'd say that you yeah. are, are really involved with when it comes to Gorilla. Um, so I'd like I'd like you to kind of maybe talk about you how you work on those projects with us because I think that gives a big insight of, to how I'd say you trust him is really. Yeah, this is actually really interesting because you and I are going to hang out this week. I'm just going to ask you some of the questions yeah. that I was going to ask you when we were hanging out. Perfect. <laughs> so we've been doing these, we've been doing a number of projects. I'm going to set the stage. Okay, yeah, I'm going to try to take it. this over for you. Yeah, I'm no, going to no, 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 tee it up for you. So we've been doing a number of projects um, as a community that are really focused on empowering future filmmakers. Yes. And without getting yep. into too much detail or making it you know, too about a different topic, which I'd love to talk about with <laughs> Cole or somebody else at some point, mm-hmm. especially in the Midwest, in our Midwest office, um, there are challenges 
uh, of just privilege and empowerment. And at the end of the day, like we have seen a very homogenous group of filmmakers walk through the doors at Gorilla, mm-hmm. and we've made incredible friendships. And it's not people's fault, but they're the only ones empowered to walk through the doors. So we've made a very like uh, intentional decision to try to invest ourselves at. Uh, levels of education that are prior to the point where someone could come through the door to ask to be an intern or something like that. Right. So projects with a number of organizations in our community to help empower and educate and things like that. Holman is a huge part of that. There oh, yeah. are other ACs in Grand Rapids and other people we have good relationships with. Um, Holman has been a part of our community for the longest. He's the one that we trust so much on set. But even more than that, even more than that, it's just like when I have a project where there is an educational component, right. I you don't even think about calling anyone else because you're so good at it. But I want to know why. Not why are you good at it, but that good comes from something else, right? You're you're an unusually good communicator for a techie guy. Like yeah. that is a weird thing. Yeah, I was gonna say you don't really go down nerd territory when you're in those settings. But you with, can. You could. <laughs> yeah, I know you, you can. can. I have heard well, you. You know how to translate that, and you also know how to do it in a way that is actually very fun and approachable and yeah. things like that. And like, but that comes from a deeper why. Like, where do, where does that come from for you? Why do you care about that? Because it comes out when you're on set with students. Yeah. Well, one, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, We're here really, to just, you know, really yeah. help your ego. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but um, so in those moments, um, what's really kind of pulled me in was the logic of if you're a master at something, but you can't explain it in layman's terms and you're not really a master at it. And so if you really know something and you can't boil it down to help somebody start their process of learning it, mm-hmm. then you don't really have that firm of a grasp on it. Mm-hmm. If I'm sitting here essentially just reading off a brochure to you, yes, this is a insert model number. This has insert resolution. You're not going to learn much. You're just going to go, okay, I could have read that anywhere. Right. But when you have somebody in that situation saying, okay, this is how I think you're going to take this knowledge, I want to try and put it into words you'll understand without omitting anything that has value that is really going to help you learn. I don't want to say like, yep, there's a camera and you put a little piece of glass on the front of it and it it makes things look good. It's like, no, there's a lens. It focuses light. You're putting that onto a sensor, which captures the light. And in turn, those two work together to create your image. And then light is the light you're capturing. Three very simple things to three very complex ideas. Right. If you can boil things down like that, it allows people to just pick up on it without thinking too much. Right. And you see that spark in someone's eyes that I never, I never even thought about it. They right. never even thought about why a camera lens is called a lens. They just say it's there. There's a little right. piece of glass on the front. There's a reason for everything. Mm-hmm. And so when you can kind of just start people on their journey to start learning on their own, and then you come back to them when we'll do these one week and then the next week we sort of catch back up or maybe with we mosaic. Do multi, the training we do is in stages. Yeah, it's right? in like a stage yeah. one, stage two, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with other things, we'll maybe come back after a year and kind of touch base with some of these kids. And one year, they feel like they know nothing. And the next year, you've put them on a 12-month journey mm-hmm. to like... They're out on their own. They're on their own, They're just yeah. building from they're, foundation you're like... Yeah, they're like... Googling everything. They're on YouTube watching like behind the scenes stuff, thinking yep. like, oh, I know even just what simple things are. I right. know that that's called Video Village that they're all standing behind. I know right. what a follow focus is. Right. And so when you can kind of just spark someone uh-huh. and they light up 
it makes you want to teach them that much more. Mm -hmm. And so I love boiling things down into layman's terms and then letting someone almost kind of like catch up. And then it's like, awesome. Now let's really talk shop. Let's really get down to the nitty gritty because when we're talking to these people, we have... 100% 100% expectations that they're going to be taking our jobs in the next 10 years. Right. I want them to take my job. If I'm afraid that somebody in high school is going to take my job, I'm not working hard enough. That's <laughs> so true. If, so <laughs> if I am seriously afraid, right. I have, I've hit a plateau and I have to leave right. because I should be miles ahead of someone and I should be setting up the next generation. Right. It should not be fear. It should not be, well, I, I worked so hard to get here. Yeah, I worked so hard to get here. Let me ease up a little bit of that weight for you. Yeah. Like it sucked going through my journey. Right. Like right. it really did. And, the, and, the, and the other oh, people yeah. don't Especially have to go through. Especially the environment we were in, like there were no mentors. <laughs> no, it, it was, we're all we were just, just kind of going. Yeah. Yeah. We're just kind of looking at each other like, ah. So you I got think, that, like, right? Yeah. I Grab this I oar because I've been paddling on one side. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. I'm literally going in a circle. <laughs> and so there, there was no, there was, no one in place to tell me why I shouldn't be doing something. Right. And so when I did it, I then still had to think, should I have done that? Shouldn't right, I have done right. that? I don't know. But when you finally have somebody in a place or you have a group of people, at least with the idea that, hey, I don't want you to fail the way that I failed. Mm -hmm. I want you to be able to learn the things as easily as I wish I could have learned them. Mm -hmm. it, it makes you feel better and it just makes the whole situation feel a little less toxic, a little less competitive. And so- And that's a challenge we have, honestly. Like I think that's something like worth talking about is that- you know, the way I describe it is that depending on the market you're in, the challenge mm -hmm. is different, right? And Very much so. In a huge film market, the path to success is collaboration. Mm -hmm. It's specializing and collaborating because you're building just like the freaking A-teams for everything, yeah. right? Yeah. It's just like, and so everybody wants to get to the A-team and the only way to get there is to refine your skills and work with people and create, create, create. Yep. In smaller markets... Um, if you're not careful, if you don't take the attitude that Tyler's um, expressing right now, it's easy to hit ceilings and then fragment and then you spend all of your time judging other people or uh, judging your own sk skill sets against somebody. It becomes very competitive mm -hmm. and it takes intentional attitude to say, no, like I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know react to that fear. I'm going to believe in this idea that all uh, a rising tide lifts all boats. Even if I yeah. can't quite see where it's going to lift them to right now, I still believe in that idea. Right. Yeah. That exactly. is a conscious choice, though, more so in some areas than in others. Um, I th but I think that you articulated it really well, like the reason for it. I think it's worth believing in, even if it is a little scary sometimes. Yeah, and it's... It's a long game. It's not something that we're going to see change immediately. Oh, no. Because, no. and that's why we're investing in the age of people that we are. I'm not going to like adult creativity classes and saying, well, maybe you're not a painter, you're actually a filmmaker. And it's like, you you have the freedom to choose whatever path you want, and these kids are doing that. And They're so, not all going to be filmmakers. No. Well, and it's not even the point. Right. Well, and, and exactly. And so you have to be allowed the opportunity to say, this isn't for me then go through yeah. however many years to say, maybe it was for me. Right. Yeah. right. And so rather than putting them in a classroom and saying, this is what other people do, we put them in a real world situation and say, okay, this is what real people do. Here, every, here's every tool that you would need to do it 
go and do it. In the end, you're either going to have people that are extremely excited and feel very fulfilled with that or somebody who kind of realized it wasn't for them, all the same, they learned something. Mm-hmm. Right then you learned something from someone who just wants to teach. Right. And so when we're in those moments, it's not the same feeling of like getting something out of a job. This is our career. Yeah. You know, we do this for work. Right. It's yeah. putting this sense of inspiration into someone that I don't want to say no one did for us, but it wasn't as such a conscious effort. It right. wasn't somebody truly dedicating their time. If it happened, it happened, great. This is something like, hey guys, let's take a second and really let's focus on you. Mm-hmm. But but Holman, like, and maybe you've already answered this and I'm just like I ramble, so who it. knows no, 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 if I... <laughs> no, because I, I think you did a good job expressing like how you do it and yeah. what you do. But yeah, like, I don't think you got many, it. The... Like, I, like maybe I'm... Maybe it's not fair. A little but more like, on the why. Yeah. I just want to know why. Like, you know, because you don't have to do this. Because you, yeah, you keep you signing back up. To. You're not getting a paycheck for yeah. this. You're just showing up. That's important. Yeah, I think, you're to truly express. a like, freelancer who yeah. volunteers his time. Like we, we all volunteer for this, and we just basically just call our friends and say, "Hey, we care about this. Yeah. Do you care about it too? You can fill this." But you, and you're position. talking about like I think a lot of really good stuff that motivates you and you do just have a talent for teaching. But underneath that, it's just like, yeah, but why give a shit? Like, why do you give a shit? You don't have to, and no one will judge you if you don't. Why are you going out of your way to do this? Yeah, I guess it's like, it's a something I've never tried to articulate before. It's sort of just a feeling. Um, I guess in those moments, I, I want to know if somebody would have done that for me. You know, I, I want to know if, if I was an eager high schooler trying to step into a, an industry, if, if I would have had somebody kind of with welcoming arms in that scenario. And I think a lot of the times I've thought about it, even through my own experience, it was a no. It was, yeah, I, I don't think anybody would do that. I mm-hmm. think it's such a competitive market that there's no help. Go and pay for your help like I paid for my help. And then resent paying for that help, and be you know like <laughs> yeah. why are you going to school conversation coming up? <laughs> Just why are you going to tell people to go down the same path that you went down, even though you didn't really like that path? Right. Why mm. not pave a new one? Right. And so my logic behind it is I could either do what was done to me, or I could try and do the opposite, which is what I hoped would happen, and that's somebody. It's you know, really hard yeah, to get yeah. that because you're fighting. I mean, we. I think we all have a tendency to be like, well, you have to go on the same journey I did. Exactly. Like that's your this gut is, reaction to something. It's like, well, this is how it goes. Well, you also need to go through that same difficult yeah. experience I did so that you have the same stripes yeah. so that we can be like on the same exactly. level. Yep. That's and not necessarily this. how it has to work. Though. Exactly. Exactly. There are a lot of things that can be taught that do not have to be life lessons. You're going to, like you said, you're always going to get hit by bullets. Always. And when you do, it's up to you to respond. But it doesn't have to be the same journey. And yeah, we can and you help don't someone have to, avoid some things and they can accelerate faster. You don't have to knowingly stand in front of something. <laughs> 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 Just blindfolded. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like I get that other people went through this, but times have changed mm. and we've grown mm. and you didn't have me in this situation before to help you. Right. There's a reason that a lot of these heroes' journeys in film and you know, like written works, they have a mentor or a herald that right. guides you through your journey. Why are we going to act like our industry is something different? Right. There, there needs to be a mentor in everything. Whether you want to be an official mentor-mentee situation or not, right. try and give your two cents that are not destructive to someone's future 
and I, I would say you're, you're filling your role as a, as a mentor. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky enough that you guys give me enough opportunities that I can be a mentor. And so that's why I want to do that is I can help people through these situations kind of like with my friends. I'm not going out there starting a workshop you know, on Facebook, like Tyler Holman's <laughs> workshop, like go and be a better filmmaker. Like, that's I take not, that workshop. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Learn how to install a monitor in your shower. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so it's just, it's one of those things where I wouldn't do it on my own, but the fact that I can be a part of a bigger whole, that I can be, again, mm-hmm. a catalyst in that situation, it, it makes me motivated and that's awesome. I get to motivate other people. Yeah. That's cool, man. Well, you kind of touched on this already when it comes to uh, what I... I wouldn't stand in the way of someone learning something new. I want to be someone that actually, you know, acts as a mentor in this situation. But I'm curious with all the changes that are occurring in our industry yeah. with like the speed of things. And we kind of also touched about it on pre-production and like preparing for things. Yeah. Um, what excites you about the changes that have happened when it comes to like technology and or obviously technology, so- social media and all that kind of stuff. But like, I mean, like how does your, when it comes well. to like, yeah, like I want, I'm like hopes, fears and excitements. I'm really yeah. curious about it when it comes to like the changes we've experienced, especially in the last two years. Yeah. Like, Cause I obviously technology in general, when it comes to the camera, you're like, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah you're like, love that. Well, but like yeah. some and of you it also is. also hate it. Yeah. You're like, how much money did I just spend on something obsolete? You know, <laughs> <Right>. like, <laughs> it's, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a balance. Um, <laughs> so the, the exciting things for me, obviously I'm in a very technological field, um, is technology. I love the, the ways that things can make my job easier or other right. people's jobs easier. But they can also make things more difficult because like we've said before, when you have more eyes on a monitor, um, it helps because everyone kind of knows wh- what we're doing. But when you have more eyes on a monitor, you have more people looking at it under a microscope because mm-hmm. everyone has yeah. their job to play. Mm-hmm. And so everything can either help or hurt, but it's always moving forward. Like I'm always going to have the new technology because why would I not have it? If it's going to serve a purpose that could help, I'm going to have it. But everything can also kind of hinder the project at the same time. So again, it's mm. a balance of yeah. the growth of how fast do we move forward? How fast do we change our entire industry? Right. And you know, how do we approach that? So when film went to digital, I think there were a lot of people saying, I'm never going to shoot on digital, but then you have it every other person shooting on digital saying, yeah, but I just rolled 10 takes on something that you would have rolled one on in nine rehearsals and I got to watch back every single one that I did. Right. Again, that can help or hurt depending. Yeah, that can also create a lot of waste. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. and Or it can create bad habits. If yeah. you're not yes. planning, pre-pro is a thing and pre-pro yeah. happens on the day whether we like it or not. And so if you are planning for a shot and you're just saying, roll on the rehearsal, if you're all in the rehearsal, it's not a rehearsal. Yeah. It's a it's, shot. You can use it as a way to be really, really lazy. Very and lazy. it can make for very wasteful film sets. Very lazy. And I think like when you see that, especially is when you transition from commercial work to narrative, narrative. like feature work. Because Absolutely. the game changes 100%. And on a commercial, you spend multiple days getting 30 seconds sometimes, yep. right? Or, you know, in this case, like web-based stuff is all over the place. Yeah. Maybe you spend a day getting 15 seconds or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is you suddenly switch that over to a narrative film set and it's just like, how many shots do we have to get today? <laughs> yeah. How many takes do we get? Especially yeah. in like independent content like we oh, made. Yeah. You know, we went to Camp Mana and all of a sudden we were doing two takes you and know, you were like, yeah. oh Maybe. no! <laughs> <laughs> it changes everything. It's everything. not, it, and it's about what you're talking about, about, yep. w- about what you're doing. It's about everyone's Every. craft, right? The 
actors being able to nail it uh, yeah. over and over. Yeah. It's just a different game. No rehearsals, no anything. You and technology can really stunt your ability to go to the next level if you're not using it wisely. It yep. can help you or hurt you. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's it's kind of, let's boil it down, simplify it for people. It's the same way that nobody knows how to get around without a GPS anymore. It can help you if you're learning your routes and your roads that you're going and you know the roads that you've traveled, you're learning from that, but a lot of people rely on it a little too much where if you pull that away from someone, they can't do their job anymore. Yeah. And so you have to be able to use technology to enhance your career, not make your career. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's, a, that's really good. That's a good little nugget right little, there. Little, little nugget. nugget. Little Tom <laughs> Holman nugget, nugget right there. Nugget right there. <laughs> right. You'll be seeing that one on the Instagram. <laughs> but it, it really is. It really is true because if you pull those tools away from somebody, they're not who they said they were anymore. It's true. You know? I, I hired you, not your gear. I need you to be able to deliver, not your equipment because anything can happen to technology. That's, that's so interesting. I think that's a good way to put it is... It, the industry evolves technologically, mm -hmm. but at the same time, what makes it work has not changed a bit. It's a no. trust-based industry, Absolutely. and it's all just trust and relationship, which is why all the stuff you talked about at the beginning is so relevant, right? Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, if you've got 10 people looking at a monitor because they can all see it now, and none of them trust each other, you are Oh yeah, it's over. Game <laughs> Absolutely, of, that day is on, not getting made. No, <laughs> no. But no. on the flip, on the flip side, if it allows you to create an environment where people work well together and can make something better quickly, yep. now you've just improved that process. Mm -hmm. It's really fascinating. Like um, Clint Eastwood, on his, mm -hmm. he's still making movies, you know. <laughs> right? And he's got his crew, dude. That guy's incredible. It's unreal. He's yeah. He's got the same crew that he's had for thirty years, yep. and I had the good fortune of working with them early on in my career and observing them working together. And it was just incredible. Um, I, the crew, not Clint. But um, <laughs> they, his crew was on another shoot that I was on. Um, but anyway, with his shoots, he does not have a monitor, even for himself. Still, at this point I in time, that. he just trusts the guy holding the camera so much. Mm -hmm. He watches the actors. And if he likes the performance that he sees, he looks at the cinematographer and he just says, like, was it good? Did he get it? And if they say yes, they move on. That's Holy so shit. awesome. Right? Like, that is... Next level trust. And we think we that's collaborate. Like, yeah. yeah. That's, is collaboration. That's, collaboration. that's yeah. like on a freaking, like, meditative wavelength. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Absolutely. It's like military SEAL level. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, Navy SEAL. I think that's yeah. a really good point, though, because, like, that's... <laughs> military <laughs> SEAL. Yes. I'm going to get freaking <laughs> texts about that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there's, a, there's a different level of trust that's occurring on that kind of set, and I think it's... Indicative of all the different ways that I think we could still grow, even within our own, yeah. own productions Absolutely. of like, Absolutely. because like I, I've even, I, the second you say that, I'm like, oh man, I definitely have like watched the monitor at some points and been like, uh, did we get it? Well, and someone is like, we got it. And then I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Everyone you know? could have doubts for their own reasons. Right. And that's where putting it in so many people's hands can, yeah, it could hinder a project depending. And again, it's that trust. And so you know, even having it in hair and makeup's hands, they're going to say, oh, well, I see what's wrong with mine because of lighting. Lighting's more important, so let's try and focus on some of these things. And it's a it's a balance. We're trying to get everyone onto the same page. Right. And so, yeah, it it will create a doubt for anyone because everyone has an opinion oh, totally. about but I think that's, something. That's where um, there's this unique balance where, on the one hand, you want to be in this 
level society where there is so much mutual respect on a film set mm -hmm. that within the right context, everyone is given an opportunity to make something better. Yeah. But you have that outside of hierarchy and a centralized vision from the top, and it is absolute chaos. So yeah. you need both at the same time. You need exactly. this trust, and then you need everyone to be willing to say, this is my zone, yep. and I'm going to maximize the potential of this zone. And if yep. the opportunity presents itself for me to leverage that to make something better, I will but it's still centralized sort of up front because otherwise you won't get anything done. No. It's, it's yeah. collaboration while always having to stay in your lane. Like, yeah. And, and I think like that's really hard to do when you don't trust the leader. And by the exactly. leader, I just mean whoever's in front of yeah. you, right? Yeah. yeah. It's not just the producer or the director or whatever. It's that you put people in positions so they can lead, but that only works if they've built the trust and relationship with everyone in that funnel exactly. so that everybody's going together. Uh -huh. It's not about one person being elevated above the other person. Mm -hmm. It's being everyone sort of relinquishing the power to do specific things yep. to someone else and then focusing on their uh, energy and talent in one area. And mm -hmm. if you can do that effectively, it's unstoppable. Exactly. It's crazy. And that's how movies get made, right? Yes. Like you can get through a commercial set with a real clunky group or whatever, but yeah. you start putting days on days and yep. having to survive game something, over. Yeah. you got to have a chance. that. When you have to think two weeks from now and you're still thinking about the same production, yeah. like you can't be mixing a bunch of different things into that. You you have to stay focused on what you, because... The chinks in the armor will show up. Absolutely. And there's so many people relying on you without saying that they're relying on you. You were hired on to do a job. Right. Make sure that you're doing that, that job. Yes. Yeah. And just that one. Because when uh, it gets tough, that's when you really have to make sure that you're handling yourself and handling your position. And when you're focused elsewhere, it's not going to have, you know, your undivided attention the way that it should. And that's where I think, like, I, I love that we have these conversations because... You know, to this point, still we focused very much on film and film roles. Yeah. Um, but the reality is, is like that's not a film concept. No. Right. No, that's not a at all. life concept. Absolutely. That's any creative yeah. process, which yeah. is any process. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. It requires the things that we're talking about. Any team that creates anything has to go through that, and the best ones are the best at that. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say that it, for me, it just reflects back the. The idea that we are always that we are attempting to work on here is, you know, people over process, mm -hmm. and the reality is that that requires a lot of like, hey, me and Tyler just know each other as human beings, mm -hmm. not necessarily as Tyler as the AC and yeah, as a producer. Exactly. There's a lot of like moments where I'm just like, oh, I know that I can trust Tyler in these arenas because of how much time we've actually yeah. spent building that trust and also like having the mistakes of like, oh, there's limitations to knowledge here or yeah. uh, we don't necessarily know how each other's expertise in an area yep. over here. But like that that human side of it is the only thing that really matters yeah, at the end of exactly. the day because right. or else I wouldn't be able to be like, yeah, oh, yes, I blind. Like I don't even have like I just go, oh, yes, yeah, he's got this area over here. I'm walking away entirely. Yeah, like, I think <laughs> there's there's something to. I've always told people that, and I'm lucky with the industry that we work in and the market that we're in, that I don't work for production companies. I work for my friends who happen to own production companies. Yeah, And that's, cool. that's very lucky for me because I know a lot of people mm -hmm. in the industry mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. you know I've had the luxury to be friends with them. That's not for everyone, but for me, it helps because like what you're saying with that kind of human aspect of it, say 
I was just hired on by whoever because they got a name from a list and that's it. They're going to expect me to do X, Y, and Z no matter what because they paid me to be there. That's it. Right. You're supposed to do this, whether we talked about it beforehand or not. So if we come to that gap, it's going to be really hard to bridge that gap because our communication just isn't there. Right. He's saying, I'm your boss, you're my worker, figure it out. Right. When I'm talking to you, we can bridge just about any gap because I'm talking to you as a person and you're talking to me as a person. Right. And right. even if I don't know something, you're, you want me to want to learn it if I don't know it. Right. You don't yes. want to cr- have me crumble no, because God I no. don't know it. They're like, boom, found it. <laughs> like I found the chain. I like, broke him. Coming down. Yeah, yeah. it's like- You're no. breaking your own system. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but people get that way because it's so competitive. And yeah. when you're not making those relationships that are going to bridge those gaps, that are going to allow you to problem solve on, in the moment and on the day, you're not going to be able to actually do that. And so, totally. And that's well, what I'm saying is that's a process that applies anywhere. Exactly. That is exactly. That We're can be applied to always any, gonna even talk like about corporate America sense. or whatever. Like teams operate best this way. Yes. Oh, yeah. And it's not to say it's without its flaws because I'd say like every, just like any human relationship, you all – the blessing can come the curse really quickly. Absolutely. Because oh, like, yes. oh, I know yeah. this person's limitations, but also like, oh, I know from my perspective, which like can then impair the judgment even more. Because yep. like, that doesn't mean that that, per- that is that person's actual limitation. Yep. That's just your experienced exactly. limitation of that person. Yep. That's a good point though, Caton, because I think that even within our community, I would say that the biggest challenge that we've faced is um, one created by exactly what we're talking about. Oh right? yeah. Where we are so close yep. and there is such a communal sort of bond and friendships and all this sort of stuff that sometimes those lines can uh, create anxiety yeah. um, for mm-hmm. someone like Tyler. If like, they're like, man, you're asking too much of me. Yeah. You wouldn't ask this of someone you had lesser of a relationship with. I oh, feel yeah. taken advantage of. That's happened and we've had to learn from those things. Yeah. I'm not even saying with you in particular. No, just no, that's general, a really good way of saying it though. Absolutely, absolutely. On, on the other side, like on the production side, oftentimes for us, it's like the line feels like, okay, like, uh, are is everyone entitled to something from us because we have relationships, right? Like, do we are we in a position where now we're just being like we're the you know sort of the the parents that have to like dole out Divide all of up. the benefits to yep. the kids? You know what I mean? Not that not that one is higher than the other, but sometimes that's the dynamic. It's like that give and take. You constantly have to recalibrate. And if you're not communicating, and again, like we learned this the hard way, if you're not communicating and saying like, hey, that made me feel like this. Exactly. That can actually create even bigger problems Mm -hmm. than just a transactional relationship because now there's emotion involved. Yep. Right? So it can be your best advocate or your worst (laughs) enemy. Yeah. And it's all about like constantly... Just saying, like, okay, where are you at? Like, have I have I made this a good experience? Have I taken too much? Yep. Uh, do I feel like too much has been taken from me? We have to do that together. Yeah, I think yeah. it. That's very full circle to kind of that first story that I told in being in a position where you can either calm down, address the situation, say how you're feeling right. without it being and it being a trusted environment. Yeah, yeah. like. Yeah. 
you made me feel this way. You shouldn't be upset at somebody the first time you're telling them something. Because as much as you've told yourself how you feel about it, you've never told them. So you're walking up to them and they're just like, oh, what's up? And you're just all of a sudden upset. You have to be able to say, hey, I didn't feel comfortable with doing this level of work for this or for that. And also that... (laughs) Sorry, I immediately just had a flashback to the Fire Festival documentary (laughs) when Ja Rule's trying to get all the models to run into the ocean. (laughs) I didn't really feel comfortable with you telling me to take my clothes off and chase you. (laughs) So weird. (laughs) Exactly. It's exactly the same thing. (laughs) We need a little more trust for me to say, go F yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But with those situations... Those are the moments that sort of elevate you, that mm-hmm. say, oh, you're growing. Right. So you're not just the same person that you were before. You're not right. just the intern anymore. You're, you're actually growing into something. Right. And I can hear that in your voice when you're telling me, I'm not comfortable with this. Right. If you just take every punch that's thrown at you, great. Now everyone's like, yeah, you can punch them all day. It's fine. Right. That and is it, the other challenge, though, too, is that it's hard for people to grow sometimes. Absolutely. In that environment, you feel like you have to bounce outside of it. Yep to prove yourself in a different way and so you can come, come back. back Absolutely. Right? And I think like as an organization, as a community, we always have to be like willing to reassess and say like, are we stunting someone now? Yeah. Because we have, you know, totally. positioned them in a way that we haven't let them grow in, in our own minds. Maybe they've grown as a person, but we haven't recalibrated mm-hmm. our sort of uh, perception of them. Oh, yeah, yes. that's really absolutely, important too. absolutely. And I think again, though, it's very reliant on the person who's trying to grow. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have your own goals set for yourself, you can't communicate those goals to anyone else, and they're not going to help you achieve them. So if we're all in a position where I'm sitting here being like, "Yep, just throw me whatever work you want, and I'll just make your coffee, I'll copy your papers, and that's about it," I'm a professional intern you're going to be a professional intern. But if you're sitting here saying, I'll make your coffee, but then in three months I want to shoot a short film, cool. Well, then I know that the clock is ticking that you want to do something creative and we're already losing this sort of integral part of just the day-to-day business to, to something that we want you to achieve. And so you have to start that out, you know, First and foremost, because otherwise people are just going to put you wherever they need you. Oh, duh. Yeah. I want to be yeah. put where I want to be put yeah, because the what else am I doing is a here? huge part of this Absolutely. and like having the self-awareness to like know what you want on some level. Yeah. Those are the people that end up being the most successful, it, I'd say, in relationship to us is the people that come in with like can fill a need but know their own agency of where they want to go. Yep. Yes. So like Because like the only way of like ha- coming into a place that is a business, yeah. they have needs. And when you, you say have to it, fulfill one need exactly. in order to actually go somewhere being, first though. Being a servant, not to get like too like no, dumb yeah. terms or whatever, but like being willing to be a servant is the quickest way to build trust. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Not being able to identify your own agency and also take a leadership position will keep you there though. Yeah. Yep. Right. And that's where you have to be careful. You can just get stuck being like the bitch. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> like, you don't and I just I really don't think people understand that like I was one of you know, like the first interns here almost 10 years ago. And I was going out and making coffee and getting bags of coffee before I had a car, before I had anything. I was like riding my bike around the city to do these errands, <laughs> dead serious, yeah, to do all these I errands. Can, I just see you riding the bike. Oh, this yeah. is great. Oh, yeah. This dude still lives on still his bike. Lives yeah. On, yeah. <laughs> no shame. And so no, it's, like, it's awesome. Yeah. Like, is there just a 
whisk of black goes by <laughs> on a bike. <laughs> I know it's in a very angry face. Yeah. <laughs> a lot, a lot of emotion on my bike. But anyway, in those moments, like I started out in the same way that anyone else would. Mm-hmm. But the very first thing that and when this was your office, I was sitting out in the main room, like, well, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a camera person. Like that's yeah. just it. And yeah. I was just like, that's that's yeah. what I want to do. For. That's the only reason I'm here. But to start, I have to do whatever you're going to throw at you me. You knew where you wanted to go, but you didn't just sit there if somebody asked you to do something and say, like, no, that's not me. Yeah. I'm going to be your exactly. camera person. Yeah. You're like, good luck with that. You exactly. won't be one here. Yeah, yeah. you <laughs> never, never look at your goal thinking you know where it's going to start. Mm-hmm. There's no way you're going to know how to get there until you do. That process is sort of the unknown. Yep. The unknown can be, you know, the worst work ever, but it's not going to stay that forever if you're, trying to grow if you're just gonna say yeah i'm gonna do this shitty work very poorly yeah yeah, you're gonna keep doing (laughs) shitty work yeah nobody wants to give you more responsibility because you clearly can't handle it but if you're gonna say yeah i just made the best cup of coffee you've ever tasted cool let me like change your lenses now you're gonna be like Eh, okay. I don't not want you to change my lenses. You know? like, if he can change lenses, like he can make coffee. Yeah, right? We're, this is gonna be a treat. It's just like you have to you have to do everything you can for yourself in other people's eyes because they're not gonna put two and two together for you that that way. You have to do that because everyone has their own. You know, they have their focus set elsewhere. You have to kind of divert their attention just for a second to say, hey, I'm still here. Hey, I'm still excited. I'm still relevant and I'm still motivated. Like, don't have to give me anything right now, but I just want you to know I'm not going anywhere. That's pretty, you know, that's, that's very really accurate. Good. That's yeah. really accurate. Too. In, Especially, I mean, like yeah. from a production company's needs, that's, I mean, Ab- that's the only, every intern, if you had that attitude coming in, you'd be probably way more successful. Oh, than, oh yeah. yeah. Well, I think I literally, while he's been talking, I've been thinking, I think, Required homework is for, for every internship is going to be listening to Holman's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a question for you. Uh oh. No, no, it's for him, but it's okay. for you. When you were going back in time in Holman's Instagram feed, yeah, did you ever get to a point where he had a color on? Oh yeah, you did. <laughs> oh yeah. So oh, yeah. that's why, just to clarify, that's why I said a whisk of black going yeah, by is like yeah. Holman. As long as I can remember, has only ever worn black. That is true. And as soon as you said that, I'm like, I need to go back. (laughs) You should probably go delete all of that. There's some some gold back there. Also, I was like, oh my goodness, you are a baby. I was a kid. (laughs) I was a child. Just Um, wearing black. Is it when you realized being on set? It was better well, to wear black because yeah, you didn't show up in it was kind of a, and then you just did it all the time? Yeah, it was kind of a, a mix of the two. Um, I was a little moody and it started working. <laughs> and so they got away hand in hand. Um, it was... Emo. Yeah, like, to be completely honest, the two things that happened were um, I was started coming into my own style for once. Mm-hmm. I, I'm the youngest, and so it was like hand-me-downs for life. Everything was sort of in this situation of, yeah, well, we have enough for you, just wear this. And right. I never yeah. really got to define myself, but I was a kid, so yeah. how can yeah, you really define yourself? Yeah, like, right. you're just a kid, and so not to take away from kids, but allow yourself to learn before you say, this is what I am. So when this was happening was as I started coming up in the camera department, and I'm on jobs, and everyone's you know, just wear set blacks. Or if you're not wearing black and you're behind camera, you're like wearing a duvetine cloak, like hiding (laughs) from reflections. And I was like, oh, so I could just wear one thing every day and never have to worry about this. It's like- No brainer. Yeah, it's like the smartest thing. And yet like the easiest, laziest thing all at the same time. (laughs) I don't have to think about what I'm going to wear every day. And so 
it sort of just grew from there and it started to kind of become who I was. And like you said, it's the uniform. Everyone, oh, yeah. uh, it's my uniform. Everyone uh, yeah. knows that. It's because it's not a, yeah, like 70% of the time. It's like 100% of the time, <laughs> truly 100%, except yeah. for the off days where I'm doing laundry and I wear a white shirt and people like, have a panic attack. They think <laughs> something is wrong. Like, are you going through are you something? Okay? Like, is this a cry for help? <laughs> you need to let us know. <laughs> and it really happens. But you're yeah, like, what would you have done if you just seen like Johnny Cash like walk up with like fuchsia on? Yeah, you're like, you're like this is no. a, this is a different timeline. Yeah, this is a different yeah, exactly. reality. Yeah. Um, and, so I, I want to give you the opportunity as we kind of wind down this sucker. Yeah. Uh, if there's any questions you'd like to ask Eric or myself, because we've pestered you with a lot of like. You, you were quite vulnerable earlier when it, t telling us the story of like the moment that you failed. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, if there's any questions that you'd like to ask, and feel free to go ahead. Yeah, out. no, that's good. Question-wise, I don't know too much. Um, I guess just like wondering kind of like how we could maybe use this to, like you said, like kind of talk to the people like, almost assignments for future interns. Like, what could we do here that is setting people up almost, and I don't mean to sound so so morbid, but when we're actually gone, what, yeah. what are we doing right now that is going to kind of add to the archives of what people are going to look back on and say, these are important lessons? Like, I mean, I think, yeah, that's a good question. I think it's... I mean, it's, it's always moving. It's yeah. always evolving, first of all, right? The things that we knew then are so different than the things that we know now, mm -hmm. right? And I think that, you know, one of the nice things for Gorilla about having multiple partners and one of the things about the industry that we're in um, is that we have, I think we are changing the narrative of some things. So I'll take a stab at it, but yeah, yeah. this it's is not the defining rule. This no, is just course, like a snapshot of, of right yeah, now. Yeah. One thing that happened that has been evolving is that when we first came into the industry, like what Eric and I saw was um, a very sort of fragmented um, relationship between all of the production companies in town. And there was a lot less at the time, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, I think we looked at that and said, like, we just don't want to recreate that environment. Um, and that is a legacy thing, I think. Like, if we can if we can do a good job of pushing this more towards a major market, because we're, again, we're doing this podcast from the Midwest, mm -hmm. like there's other markets that we work in, but this is specifically about this area for me. Mm -hmm. um, if we can sort of reframe the way that we think about the production industry, um, that would be to me a huge way to sort of live on past yeah. what we have. And I say that though, in the context of saying like, I have fucked it up a lot of times, genuinely. Like, it's one thing to think that you're doing something uh, noble or well, and it's another thing to constantly have to look at what you're doing and realize all the places where you actually did more harm than good. Um, and I think in this journey, especially like for Gorilla, there's a lot of things that I did early on that I thought were helping that. And I think they were in some ways but also were subconsciously divisive mm -hmm. and having to step back and even go to like, you know, directors like Slain, like one of the most talented directors that came through here mm -hmm. and just go back and just say like, hey man, like 
I know we have a good relationship, but like in hindsight, like I can see like all these ways where, you know, I could have empowered you more, but instead I actually held you back because like I was afraid of X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. And even like being more attentive now um, in my relationships with other professionals like in Grand Rapids and going like, it's one thing to just sit here and go like, we opened the doors so now everybody knows the doors are open. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, years later to go like, if you're not actively out there expressing that, mm-hmm. you can still look like an island. And so yeah. there's points where yep. it's like, I felt like, oh yeah, everybody knows like we're like, you know, want to have these different kinds of relationships with people, even if we're competing or whatever. Yeah. And going, yeah, but the narrative tells itself if you're not telling it. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And so now, like, going even just in the last couple of years, going, like, no, I have to actively make an effort yeah. to do that stuff. And hopefully even this podcast helps with that as we continue yeah. to, That's you know, reach out to the wider network. But for me, like, if we can change the way that we think about collaboration in this environment, and if we can change that, from a demographic standpoint where collaboration looks unified across production but also just doesn't look like a bunch of white dudes. <laughs> Frankly, yeah. if I can just yeah. be blunt, no, if up. I can change those two things, I am going to be stoked with whatever happens. Yeah. No matter how far we can push the ceiling of production here or whatever, if we can change those things, if we can p- empower yeah. ourselves to think differently and to be inclusive in the way that we think from all sorts of perspectives... I'm going to be stoked. Yeah. That's awesome. uh, my answer is a very simple one. I think it's just on the philosophy of uh, document, not necessarily d- document, don't create. I, I do think that yeah. creating is very important, but like when it comes to answering your question about how to, uh, how can you help the people that are coming up behind you, I think is documenting the process of how you went about doing it. Mm-hmm. And for me, like this podcast is a bit of that because yeah. it is documenting the, the relationship Gorilla has with, uh, its own community, but then like its larger context and as a brand with other people, like I think we're documenting in smaller conversations the process of what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we could accelerate that more and in regards to like some of our behind the scenes stories are starting to do that when it's like, oh, this is how we interact with each other on set mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff because I think that's indicative of who you are as people. Yeah. And if it's documented on some level, other people could see it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, how did Gorilla yeah. get it started? Learn. Well, I don't know. They, I know that they were started in a basement, but I can't see that. But yeah. like these conversations, you can hear like some part of the steps that we're in and like then the five years from now, like, out. Yeah. 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 Well, five years from now, I'd like to like someone, I could listen to this and be like, oh, that's what they were doing on Delta Project back then. What is it now? Yeah. Or, oh, yeah. that's what they were doing with Father of the Flame. It got released and now they're doing this stuff. You know, like all these different things that we're working on. Hopefully there's some kind of like yeah. touch points in Almost time. like, rather than just talking about the history, you're talking about the context. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And in, I mean, you dropped so much knowledge in this, right? That hopefully somebody can use and it allows us to multiply, you know, that education beyond like, you know, the mentorship you're doing on sets and the work that you're doing, Mm -hmm. you know, between production companies to like, you know, really like spread this message of commonality and mutual benefit and all this sort of stuff. But saying all that stuff, that'll live on and that's really valuable, I think. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Well... On that note, unless there's anything else, 
You got anything else? I mean, I could go. Yeah, I'm like, you can keep going. You're so articulate. We (laughs) could ask a lot of other questions, but. Well, maybe have him on for a part two at some point. But like, I really think this has been beneficial. I really appreciate you being part of this podcast, dude. Um, You're awesome. Thank you for being part of it. And yeah. Don't I just I appreciate you so much, man. Thank you so and much. I know, like it's like really sappy to say on a podcast, but and I probably say it about everybody. <laughs> 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 but I genuine, like yeah. I really, I just, well, I just love working with you. Thank dude. you. I appreciate that. Likewise, seriously, I wouldn't still be here if that wasn't the case. So awesome. everyone's barfing now. <laughs> no, I'm sitting here like, yay! This is wonderful. Now hug each other. <laughs> okay. All right, right. that's it for episode 12. Thank you for listening. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. (laughs)